up, Internet? You're tuned in episode four of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where four lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown, the edgelord with a heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson, and the guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. How are we all doing this week? Rah, rah, water Pokemon are bad, antagonism <laughs> stuff, rah. <laughs> and he's in full force. <laughs> I'm doing well. A little, little under the weather. I had a little too much fun with the pals. Our most recent episode of the Comics Pals. If you listen to it, you'll notice that we're all together. Went to Pete's house to hang out. It was a lot of fun. Obviously, too much fun. We're recording this the day after, and I am not feeling so good. But I am excited to do the show anyway. Yeah, man. We uh, we spent like we spent a lot of time playing Injustice Two. Yes. Oh my God. So much Injustice Two. Yep. Yeah, it was cool. Uh. Andy finally got to meet Sean and, and the rest of the pals in person. Uh, Thompson was supposed to join us, but unfortunately was was feeling sick. Yeah, it's okay. I'll meet you guys eventually. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Next time. Um, but yeah, we had a, we had a we had a great time. But we're uh, we're getting to the age where you can't you can't stay up till four in the morning drinking and playing video games two nights in a row. Oh, no wonder why you don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to do that for years. Oh my god. Well, you'd be able to if you believed in yourself. <laughs> If you weren't a quitter. Oh, God. Hey, listen, Thought Form is really big in the Norse Pantheon, but I don't think it could make me do that, so. Robert Quitter Thompson. Oh, boy. Here we go. Andy. <laughs> He's got two targets this week. He's in rare, rare fucking form today. <laughs> listen, it's my week. You know, there's a new Mountain Goats record. Fire Emblem came out. Nothing can go wrong. And he's on top of the fucking world. <laughs> Speaking of a new Fire Emblem, we're going to kick the show off the way we do every week by talking about what we're playing. So, Andy, why don't you start us off? Talk so, about Fire Emblem. Yeah, I'm playing Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia, because that's a fucking mouthful of a title. Um, it's a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which was only in Japan for the NES, uh, released this week for the 3DS, as a sort of farewell to the series on the handheld home that it made for itself before it moves over to the Switch. So what do you think so far? I'm only a couple hours into it, but it is, like, it's so weird in that, like, there's a lot of cool features, and, like, the UI is great, it's fully voice acted, which is a first, and that's really cool, but it's also, like, very clearly a remake of a game from 1991. Like, the map design's nothing to write home about, you know, there's still some, like, archaic-ass shit there, and it's, like, it's the second game in a Nintendo series, so, you know, it's gonna be, like, the weird black sheep of the family. Right, yeah, especially in those days, like yeah. on the NES, that was like, that was their MO. It's like, hmm, we're gonna make this great game that everybody loves, and then... Reinvent the wheel! <laughs> and then go back and refine our original design for the third one. It worked out for them, though, right? I mean, Mario 3, Zelda, Link to the Past, Super Metroid... Oh, wait, yeah, Link to the Past is number three. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah, that's like like what he's describing is like an uncanny like this has definitely happened in almost every major Nintendo franchise. Yeah, I, I never thought about that actually, except for Star Fox. Oh, please, we don't talk about Star the second Fox. Star Fox is great. Uh, we don't talk about it only because it's so dear to me. Although, wait, maybe maybe the canceled Star Fox Two was super weird. It kind of was. Yeah, like they had a Landmaster on a Super Nintendo. Yeah, and it was, like, super crazy, like, trying to do polygonal graphics on a Super Nintendo, like... Yeah. It was, it would it would have been the weird one if it actually <laughs> came out. <laughs> uh, so other than that, it's been, you know, Persona, Hots, Overwatch, the shit we talk about all the time. Picked up Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on the cast last week, like, while we were talking. Played, right. <laughs> played some of that, still have not gotten any good at, like, the actual shooting mechanics of it. But I am pretty good, I like to think, at, you know, hiding and 
running around and doing all the strategy stuff. It's when it gets down to actually having to kill a guy. <laughs> the, the most important part. It's like, <laughs> if it was a real Hunger Games type scenario, I'd be fine. Just hide until the very end? Hide until the very end, and like, I know how to shoot a gun in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Andy. That's the perfect Hunger Games strategy to get second place, because you wait till the very end, and then the actual most brutal contender is the only person you have to kill. Yeah, the one with like 18 <laughs> guns, and you know, five smoke grenades, and rations for a month. Yeah. That's the one. That's the guy I'm taking down. <laughs> uh, but all right, I'll, I'll go next. Um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't really have too much new to report. Um, I'm still playing Horizon. I, like, said last week I was actually actively working towards the Platinum now and um, looking at, like, my actual game progress. I, like, finally passed the uh, 60% point for, like, everything. Like, you know, in terms of all achievements, all collectibles, everything. So that's going well. And then other than that, playing a little bit of HOTS. Um, jump back in the league this week a little bit. Um, just to shake the rust off, uh, played a couple ARAMs, and then other than that, um, yeah, I'm also playing, uh, playing some pub, and, um, I'm also pretty terrible at it, but I certainly have a lot more kills than Andy, apparently. Pete, I believe it's pronounced PUBGA? PUBGA? Yeah. <laughs> Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Not a great name, but it is a great game. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I, I played a little bit of that with, uh, with you guys, I played some with, uh, with my friend Peggy, and, uh, it, it's, it's a really solid game, you know, it's... I was never really interested in, like, the H1Z1, like, King of the Hill scene or any of those kinds of games, but, I don't know, something about this one um, has just definitely grabbed my attention, and it's it's fun. It's a really cool game. I'm definitely excited to play more of it this week. The the night we both picked it up and we were all playing, I, uh, I said to Thompson and Ozzy, it's remarkable how, like, good and fun it is for being clearly still in alpha. Right, yeah, that's a great point. It, and it's still, like, very clearly an early alpha, too. It's very unpolished. It's got the special sauce down, though. For sure. And that's, that's like, the important part. Um, yeah, the point one of it's gonna be really interesting to see. Yeah, also, it's a mod from an Arma 3, uh... Well, Arma 3 was the original game, obviously. So <clears throat> it was based on a mod that was really, really popular in the same title, Battlegrounds. So then it's like it's a standalone, basically like an expansion kind of. But so if you like, I played Arma 3 for years. So that's kind of like the only reason I fell in love with this game right away. <laughs> the moment I saw it, I was like, I'll play more of that engine, sure. And I now have a computer that can run that crap. So now I'm happy. Because <laughs> um, if you ever want to destroy your computer, try to run anything like Arma 3, please go for it. You'll die. <laughs> so I guess I'll go next, Pete, because you're done, right? Yeah. Okay, sweet. So yeah, Battlegrounds. I've been playing that. I've been playing a shitload of that. I think I put like fucking 60 hours in last week. Uh, I, I don't think I played like anything else besides like Heroes. Uh, I picked up Final Fantasy 15. I think I played for five minutes and I was like, I'm just going to load up some Battlegrounds and in the background. And the next thing I know, I was playing it for like seven hours again, so... <laughs> very very destitute week of games for me considering i went like from 100 and something games to like two so yeah right for <laughs> first episode of the show i played 101 games this week yeah this week two yeah battlegrounds <laughs> and heroes and fuck that i play battlegrounds and heroes so that's it <laughs> you haven't committed to persona 5 yet though hey Alyssa's still playing it i know it's in your house thompson it's right behind me it's on the <laughs> ground actually in the playstation <laughs> i mean if i Coffee. wanted to right now i could turn it on sure Pick up the controller, start freebasing. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm like uh, osmosisly understanding the story through her playthrough, so it, it's okay. For shame. I don't know if I can pick up another huge RPG like that, and I'm still trying to beat Final Fantasy XV, so I don't know, man. Um, One thing that you might like or might drive you crazy about Persona, it won't let you do what you did to Final Fantasy and just, like, sit oh. and be over-leveled. Oh, yeah, no, I kept telling her, like, when she she died a couple times, like, uh, 
I don't know, maybe the second dungeon. And I was just like, dude, you gotta, you gotta grind a little bit. You gotta level up. She's like, I can't fucking grind, okay? She's like, not everyone can be level 99 in chapter 5. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, it's pretty good. There's no time to grind. Yeah, unless her like, studies want to lack or something. I don't know. Yeah, you're too busy trying to you know, study for your finals and fuck. Well, like I told her, like a good fighter doesn't need grades, you know? So, like, you think the MMA fighters <laughs> went to school, they're like, I really need this algebra when I'm punching my friend's fucking dome in, you know? Um, well, look at Batman, Thompson. He's got brains and brawn, and that's why he can beat anyone. And enough money to buy a machine <laughs> to, like, subconsciously give him the information while he sleeps. <laughs> so he can... Shut up, money's not a superpower. Yes, it is! <laughs> yes, it totally is! Look at fucking Iron Man! What the hell? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm not gonna go into this. I'm trolling. <laughs> I Relax. Know. <laughs> so, uh, how about you, Sean? What have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm. Probably too much Heroes of the Storm. That's. I think that's exactly what you said last week. Like, word for yeah. word. Like, probably yeah. too much. Are we the Heroes of the Storm podcast now? Because this is all we do. <laughs> Hotscast. Uh, no, we're Pals of the Storm. Come on. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. That's actually really good. <laughs> Did you guys all finish the uh, Nexus Challenge? Yes. I didn't finish Hell it yeah. yet. You better because it, it expires tomorrow. I know. I got to play two more games. Oh, well. Andy, let's, okay. we'll do it after the show. Let's do it. I don't have my mouse and also I don't have time. I have an extra mouse. Don't go to your job. <laughs> I have to go to my job. Also, I have to go home or my mother will stab me. <laughs> That's not wow. good. Uh I played my first games of Team League with some friends, and that went really well. I never played any kind of MOBA in a competitive environment before, so even though it was just placement games, it was still a lot of fun, and uh, it's good to know that we're able to compete on that level, so I will keep you guys updated on that. Otherwise, uh, just, you know, Warcraft, still doing that. Uh, trying to beat Gul'dan. Yeah, how's that going? I know you said like last week you guys were probably going to do it in a couple weeks. Are you making progress? Or <clears throat> Yeah, this week was really good. Unfortunately, we lost an entire raid night because the instant servers were screwed up, so it was really laggy. And you can't, you can't really progress on a boss that hard when you have lag. Right. You know, it just requires instantaneous reaction, and that's just not possible in a laggy server. So we, we lost the whole night, but otherwise things are going really well, and he should be dead real soon, so I'm excited about that. Um, and I played Injustice yesterday. Like I said, uh, it's a really fun game. I really enjoyed it. I like the roster. Uh, there's been a lot of complaining about too many Batman characters. From me and Pete, mostly. <laughs> and Phil. And Phil, yeah. I mean, if you look at the DC Universe, a lot of it is Batman characters. It's just kind of the way it is, and it makes sense that they would populate the game with those characters. But that being said, I think there was healthy representation from every corner of the DCU. Um, but they did remove some characters that I thought probably should have made it into this game. Like Lex Luthor. I thought that was a weird removal. Raven Might even. Win. I liked her a lot. <clears throat> Raven. Oh, man. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy it, though. I think it's a really good game, and I can't wait to start the story mode. Sean, I'm like, I'm so upset uh, that you left it at my house for your behalf, but so happy for mine, because I'm going to play it for two weeks yeah. until we hook up again. Wow. I'm definitely going to play it, too, yeah, so thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to get bodied by Thompson in it a lot. Um... <laughs> and that's all right. I'll be able to crush Andy's spirit a lot. That's all that really good. matters. Enjoy. Hey, I took a game or two off Sean, and that felt really Ooh, nice. shit. Yeah. We had, we had some competitive yeah. matches. 
For sure. So, Thompson, um, so, okay, real quick for, for the listeners, um, before this the other day when the game came out, we all went to, I, we mentioned a couple times, friend of the show, uh, Jared Wagner, we were over at his house playing the game, and uh, I, I played a game as Supergirl, and oh, like yeah. got him to like re- like really legitimately lose his oh, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. in Jared. a way that like he doesn't really do. Like he got really like mad. Not since like uh, the Marvel vs. Capcom three days when, when yeah. he used to have him be like, you know what, you... and he would just get up. <laughs> He's, like he was just like, oh my god, like you're just being so cheap. Like you can't even admit that it's like a cheap tactic. Yeah. Like you're not even like trying to get better at the game. And I was just like, dude, get good. But then literally the first game I played against Sean, I tried to cheese him out, and he just bodied me. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, it was Jared funny because uh, Jasper Wagner. It was really funny because because I. Uh, I'm sitting there, I'm like, there's there's a way around this. I'm just not seeing it yet. And Jared's like, yeah, at least I'm doing something when I play Pete. God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I don't know. Sean Sean tried this little strategy called fucking ducking. And, uh... <laughs> oh, that's what I was supposed to do. I knew it. And, oh, I didn't yeah. get a chance to try because I had to leave. Oh, man. I mean, I've played enough Mortal Kombat against yeah, Scorpion yeah. to know how that works, you know? As soon as I saw her, like, coming up, I was like, oh, it's either, like, Smoke's Teleport or Scorpion's Grab, like, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot yep. like Scorpion's Grab. Mm. I'll keep that it's in like mind. It's, like, almost identical. Well, at least we know the answer is the hold down. <laughs> Very simple. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not too hard. Not too hard. The ancient technique of <laughs> No, uh, No updates on Legend of Zelda, Sean? No, I, uh, I have not played it. I haven't really had the time lately. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to talk about it next week then, I guess. Hopefully. So I guess that means it's time for the random question of the week! Nice. Pretty good. <laughs> that was solid, yeah. That was solid. I feel like you had more oomph in the last one, but that's okay. I sold it a little bit more last week. I'm tired, <laughs> man. I, you know, I've been yelling for like two days. Um, But all right, so I uh, the one I've got is I wanted to ask you guys, what is the first video game you remember buying? Like, Ooh. I think we've all on, on the show talked about like some of our earliest gaming memories, what the first game we remember playing was, um, or how we got exposed to games. But I want you to try and think about the first time that you yourself wanted a game that like you discovered, you wanted it, and then you either went out and paid for it or, you know, convinced your parents to buy it for you or whatever. So I, I always got whatever game I wanted pretty much. And so my, I don't, I don't remember the first game that I asked for, but my earliest memory of wanting a game and getting it is uh, Mega Man 8 oh, okay. for the PlayStation. Nice. So I remember going to the mall and um, I I just I saw it and I was like, can I please have this? And, you know, they gave me the, you know what parents do. They give you shit <laughs> yeah. like, oh, do you really need this? All that kind of crap. And then they always caved. So <laughs> I got the game and... I've, I mean, I've played it off and on since then. I still, I still play it. So, uh, worthwhile investment. Money well spent, mom and dad. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, aunt and uncle. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, that was actually that was a, one of part of the questions. I said, who, mom, dad, or whoever you talked into buying it for you? Because I've gotten many games out of aunts, uncles, and grandparents. <laughs> I had a very similar situation. I'm an only child, and my parents were like, "Well, he likes games, so like, you know, let's make him happy." And uh, I pretty much got like whatever I asked for, but I, I think the earliest one I can remember is for Pokemon Red, I think was the first one I got. Cause I got Blue and Red at like the same time pretty much. 
because I beat red and I was like, I'm on blue now. Um, so I, I mean, I didn't know at the time like there was any difference really, but I also wanted to trade like between myself and then I didn't realize like I, I was like five. I didn't realize I needed two Game Boys. You know, I'm like stupid, whatever. <laughs> but I definitely got one of the two because uh, I was like, this is fucking rad. I need this, and I'm like five or six, so like help. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like that was after my Doom days, but definitely one of the Pokemon games. Uh, other than that. If it wasn't that, it was Warcraft 2 for the computer when it was back on DOS. Because, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just terrible and I used to play DOS games, I know. Like, Wing Commander? <laughs> mm. That may have been actually the first game I ever had, Wing Commander, that I asked for. So, it's one of those three. I don't know. Take your pick. There you go. Solid picks. Um, for me, I think I'm, I'm in kind of a similar boat where, you know, like, I, I'm an only child and I was a pretty well-behaved kid, so I got most of the games that I asked for, but I I don't remember asking for Pokemon. Like, my Game Boy with Pokemon was the first game I ever got, and I'm pretty sure my parents got that for me because I already liked Pokemon. Like, I started collecting the cards and watching the cartoon, um, and I was like, I had had a little bit of exposure to video games before that, as I've told the story um, in the past, but like, that was kind of my first game, but the first game I remember like asking for was when I got my PlayStation, I think later... It was either the, the, that later that same year, maybe the next year, um, because it was a similar kind of thing where my parents were like, oh, okay, he likes video games, like, you know, he's an only child, it's a great thing to keep him occupied on rainy days and something to do with the friends or whatever, it's great, fine. So I remember when I went to get um, my PlayStation, like, agonizing over what, um, what game I was going to pick up, whether it was going to be Crash or Spyro. To the point where I remember I was literally sitting in the Toys R Us with both games <laughs> in my hands on the floor, like with my dad and and and, he, and he, like God bless him, because he sat there with me for like what must have been like an hour, like it sure felt that long anyway. Um, and eventually he was just like, let's just get them both, like let's just go, like you know, it's like like I was sitting there like like ready to be like on the verge of tears, and he was just like, this is not worth the stress that you're going through right now. Wow. So uh, yeah, wow, I ended up yeah. going home with both of those games that became two games that we played all the fucking time. So money well spent, I'd say. Mine is uh not anywhere near as like dramatic as those. I just I played. Dark Forces back on the PC with both my parents oh, when we first had our PC. And then we were like at the mall or something and I saw a copy of Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. I was like, there's a Dark Forces 2! And then my mom was <laughs> like, shit, yeah, let's buy this. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I uh, I remember having that experience as a kid like a lot because I was like, you know, like when you're a kid, you're not like... yeah tapped into video games in that same way and we didn't have the internet or whatever um so like i remember uh like me and my dad were really into like the gex games mm -hmm. and then i remember like eventually like i found gex one at like a an eb games or something like that and i was like oh, what? like i knew this existed but i've never found a copy like and then i played it and it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love that it's like i'm just gonna go back to gex 2 <laughs> Alright, cool. So that was a fun one. Um, so I guess that means it's time for... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about the news! Alright, so we've got a jam-packed news list this week. Um, we actually had to cut a couple fun things that we'll give an honorable mention to later, but... Yeah, so item number one on the list... Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a Freudian slip. Item number one on the list is The Witcher is getting a Netflix series. Netflix has announced that they're going to be developing a drama based on... Forgive me for 
butchering this name, but I believe it's and Anders Anders Edge Sapkowski. Anders Edge Sapkowski. He's the original wow, author. Is... I'm sorry, dude. Like uh, Swedish names are really hard to read. There's like a lot of J's and K's, and it's like I'm sorry, man. It's, it's... probably like Andres Sapkowski, but I don't know or Sapkowski. Uh, uh, you're pretty close. Um. This is the part of the show where Pete gets a name really wrong. So we get all the hate mail. So it's like, this is my fucking yeah, right. name. <laughs> so what's the worst na- Pete's ever butchered a name on the comics, pal, Sean? Uh, he's actually not traditionally the one who does it. It's normally Kale. We have a whole segment built around Kale screwing people's <laughs> names up. I just thought I would bring it over here since Pete just had an epic That's fail. awesome. That's I believe it's pronounced um, Tom Kang. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that took Sean a minute, and he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man's sick. Forgive me if I'm butchering it here, but, uh... Tom Kine? <laughs> um, okay, so, that name butchering aside, um, they're, it's based on the author's original novels, which is the source material for CD Projekt Red's video game series based on The Witcher. Um, so, uh, Sapowski is gonna be acting as a creative consultant for the series and seems like he's really heavily involved in the production. Um, it doesn't seem like CD Projekt is involved in it at all, but, um, the production company that's making it, uh, which is called Platige Image, uh, was actually the company that was behind the cinematic shorts for The Witcher 2, The Witcher 3, Cyberpunk 2077, which is CD Projekt Red's upcoming game, and then a number of other, like, really popular games like League of Legends and stuff like that, so... Um, they have some heritage with The Witcher, at least, which is pretty cool. Um, so what do we think about this? I know, Andy, you're a huge Witcher fan, so I bet you're, like, you're super oh, excited yeah, let for this, me, right? let me tell you how hype I am. I like the world. It's, like, you know, gritty fantasy world number 57241, but, like, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Obviously, it's connecting with somebody in some capacity. You know, I actually think this could be good. Wow, Pete, what a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you're just bringing over all the fucking comics pals running gags today, Sean. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think, like, having the original author involved is a good move. I think the world of The Witcher, obviously, is interesting enough that it resonates with people. And um, I think this might play for people who are not into the game, you know, or people who are, like, never going to play a dense, you know, 500-hour RPG. They might watch a Game of Thrones-style Netflix show. Oh, they're missing out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to play The Witcher 3. I didn't play 2. I wasn't really a fan of 1. So this is great for me, because I like fantasy stuff. 1's not a good game. Oh, well, I didn't like 1, so... Yeah. <laughs> I got, Two's like, halfway an... through it, and I was like, I don't know what I'm wasting my time for with this yeah. shit. 2 is a pretty good game. It's like, if that kind of thing's your thing, you'll be into it. But 1 is just not good. Uh, my, my hot take on one is potions. My God, all I need is potions. My God. <laughs> and, and that just drove me away from it for, forever. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually have never, like, I don't even know what the Witcher games look like. I have, I have no idea what this is, but despite that, I might watch this show. Um, and then I might play the games. I think this is really cool. Uh, the fact that they have the original author involved is awesome. Uh, I, I, you know, I think, I think these kinds of things will always be better when you bring along at least someone from the, you know, original creative team, no matter what kind of adaption it is. Totally. So I, I, I think this definitely could be good and, uh, I will probably <laughs> check it out. Hot takes, hot takes, Sean. Um, yeah, I, I do think Platige being involved is pretty cool. Like that they have a history with the game series as well, which is like, obviously, the most popular uh, interpretation of, of Geralt in this universe. So 
Um, should be pretty cool. Uh, I'm definitely something to keep an eye on. What did you say? The most popular what? I heard a Geralt when you said something. Oh, <laughs> the most popular like interpretation of Geralt. Oh, Geralt. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> I heard like a growl. Geralt. I thought you were like at a concert or something. <laughs> it was the most popular. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Okay. Sure. Geralt? I don't know. The G-Man. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I literally did it's not Geralt. hear that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so item number two on the list is Ubisoft has announced Far Cry 5 and given a new release date for South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Woo! So Far Cry 5's existence was confirmed along with a basic Far Cry 5 logo um, on the series' official Twitter account, promising more updates for fan who go- fans who go and subscribe to Ubisoft's U.S. YouTube channel. Uh, it's worth noting that Polygon is reporting that rumors um, have suggested the game will be set in the American West, specifically in the Montana area. Because, like, earlier this month, there was um, a a small newspaper, it's called the Great Falls Montana Tribune, uh, that reported um, that a company with offices in Paris had sent a crew to a church near Poplar, Montana, uh, to film footage that would be used in an unnamed video game scheduled to be released in September. Oh, that's cool. So, it seems to line up with a lot of these dates that we're getting out there. Um, That would be interesting. Yeah. I think that could be really cool. I guess it would have to be set in the past, though, right? Oh, yeah, it's got to be, right? No, yeah, they're not they don't do, have like, to. A modern Montana setting. No, they don't have to. They can. Do you think that there's like uh, Karat is a real place in four? You know, like it's, they just make shit up. You know, like they can take a real zone and just make a story around it. Like they don't have to put in the past. The, the Far Cry games have always been modern day, all of them. So except for except for Primal. Yeah, but that's like its own thing. You know what I mean? It's not like one, two, three, four. You know, like that's numbered games. This is number five. So. Uh, Blood Dragon, you know, it's like, that's in the 80s in a weird that's Technoverse, true. it's named Blood Dragon, everyone's named Primal, so, if you just follow the way that they make their games, I don't think it would be in the past. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point, I guess, like, the thing that makes me feel weird about that, though, is, like, how do you have a modern setting in Montana for a Far Cry game? Because Montana's got mountains and snow and everything, and it's got different ecosystems. Yeah, but sure, but like, and... what's, like, who's there? Like, who, like, who are the, like, there's a bunch of civilian Americans that live there. It's not like some war-torn country that okay. they're inventing. I got, I got the pitch for Far Cry Modern Montana. <laughs> you play... <laughs> modern Montana. Um, Blake, white guy last name, FBI agent, gets sent underground to, like, investigate a domestic terrorist group. The whole game's set on their giant compound. Honestly, okay. yeah, I could see something like the Hydra kind of, you know, people having missiles or some shit in the long Terrorists run. Terrorists yeah, take so, over a national park or something. I mean, the Far Cry games always just, like, pick a zone that's, like, known to have wars. Like, you know, oh, like, Southeast Asia, great, yeah, there's always regime changes. Yeah. Like, somewhere in Africa, you get malaria, awesome. Like, that's number two, you know? It's always, like, generic, fake third world yeah, country. obviously going to be a place, it's like, oh, you can expect to get shot here. That's true. I, yeah, I fucking love that. I mean, though. I mean, whatever. <laughs> what What are I? I don't know what Far, Far Cry is, so I was wondering, what are these games about? Okay, um, so I mean, like the elevator pitch for the original Far Cry is nothing like any of the other Far Cries. Um, Far Cry Three, which was on the PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, was kind of like a, a soft reboot. It was like kind of like the, you know, like we're gonna redo far cry right and they gave it like a a fairly grounded narrative of like you're this like rich kid from the united states who is on a a, you know a a destination vacation with his two brothers and a couple of their friends and they crash land on this island that um you know is like controlled by this dictator character 
and there's like this crazy like cult and all this weird shit and um these people want to ransom his him and his friends off him and his brother who was like a ex-military guy start to escape they murder his brother they let him go thinking that he's gonna go die in the jungle and then you spend the rest of the game like murdering everyone on the island basically to like free your friends and family as you like it's a, a major thing about how like the character gets addicted to the bloodshed, you know, and it's like the, it starts with the altruistic goal of freeing your brother and your girlfriend and your best friend. But like quickly he starts to get way too invested in this world. And with like the, the like bloodlust and like the power fantasy of it all, I guess, you know, and that's kind of a major theme of like far cry four as well. And two even, <clears throat> Yeah, sure. I never played that one, Two is, so I, I can't speak to it. You get malaria, and you're like, oh, that sucks. I'm in Africa, and I have malaria. I guess I'm going to kill the bastards who gave me this. Mm. It's like simply and that. try to get the cure, right? There's no cure. The you setup? just keep getting medicine to stave it off forever. Yep. Okay. You're basically there to kill um, everyone, then. Yeah, and then Far Cry 4 is like kind of a similar setup, but instead you're a Asian-American kid who's going back to the country that your family emigrated from to spread your mom's ashes. Um, but then you find out that, like, your parents were revolutionaries, and, like, you get involved in this crazy, like, war, and it's, like, you know, similar kind of vibes, right? Or then it's, like, the thing of, like, you know, are you doing this because it's the altruistic thing to do, or because you're addicted to being a killer, you know? But they're really neat first-person shooters. They have a lot of neat mechanics. You can usually interact with the environment pretty well, and there's, like, all sorts of vehicles, and there's, like, like wildlife yeah, and stuff like that. Like, kill. you get attacked by tigers and shit. I'm not into killing know? animals, but uh, for the game, it's pretty fucking awesome to hunt down things. The hunting is really cool, yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, in the, the fourth game, you get to ride elephants and stuff, and so it's, like, it's very cool. The combat is insanely visceral. They're my favorite first-person shooters by, by a lot. Wow. Um, the stories are really cool. Far Cry 3 is is, like, exceptional. Far Cry 4 is more of the same, but... When more of the same is awesome, like, that's not really a bad thing. Far Cry Blood Dragon exists. I mean, a lot of people really love that game, man. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying I don't love it. I'm saying it literally exists. It's a, it's an insane outlier. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like one of those uh, everyone's a cyborg futuristic 80s kind of, like, just the pulp 80s crap that you see, and it's overbearing, you know, on purpose. Yeah. Like, every Far Cry game is, like, very grounded yeah. in reality to some degree, even though there is also, like, some mysticism and fantasy to it. But, like, Blood Dragon is, like, just insane. Like, you fight robot velociraptors and shit, and, like, it's just totally off the wall. Honest to God, Blood Dragon's the wow. best one, so. Just saying. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I have a hard time thinking that a modern, like, I feel like a modern day setting would be really hard to pull off in America for Far Cry 5. I think that's what makes it more appealing to me. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I think the way that Andy set it up could make a lot of sense, but um, I'm insanely excited for this. You know, like, I'm a huge Far Cry fan. Um, if the game is coming out this fall, like, this year, like, I've been saying since the beginning of the year, as I think, like, strong, a strong contender to be the best year in video games since, like, 1998. And if I can get, like, you know, if Red Dead 2 actually comes out, I get Far Cry 5, like, I'm gonna be overwhelmed. Like, so moving on to the next point, it's another game, great game that I, or hopefully great game that I'm excited for, is uh, South Park Fractured But Whole, which is apparently now going to be releasing on October 17th, almost a year after its initial launch uh, date. I'll believe it when it's in my hands. If they delay it again, that would be insane at this point, because it's so far away, but I, I'm with you though at this point, I mean they've done it two times over, the original game was known for getting pushed back like two or three times, 
Uh, so it's not terribly surprising, but um, this new release date came alongside a trailer that we'll link to below with all our other news items if you want to go check it out for yourself. Uh, and it's worth reminding those interested that the game will come with a free copy of its predecessor, South Park The Stick of Truth. Uh, if you go and pre-order the game, you can download it and play it right away, um, but that offer is going to expire on January 31st, 2018. So um, if you want to get a free copy of the original, you never played it, you want to go back and play it again, you just want to grab your free copy on the you know platform of your choice, uh, definitely go do that and um, you know pre-order the game. So I mean... At this point, I don't know how you feel about it, Sean. I know all three of us are interested in playing this game. We all like the original um, and would like to, you know, hopefully this one's going to be good. I, I have zero interest in South Park. Zero interest in a South Park game. I probably have less interest in a South Park game than I do in South Park. So this is absolutely meaningless to me. Um, it's, I mean, it's cool that there's people who are into this, I guess, but I don't, I don't get it. I saw the stick of truth game it didn't look like anything special uh i had a bad experience with a south park game like 20 years ago or something like that oh this, i forget what game was it, it was. We throw snowballs um, at like turkeys and shit yeah yeah, yeah 64 oh yeah that game God. was terrible yeah no i own that that game was so weird <laughs> yeah well i mean like this game this game is like not even comparable you know it's like i know yeah, those games were like, all just bad saying. licensed games like these this is like yeah. they work on this game they wrote it you know it's like it's very much like if you're a fan of South Park, yeah, it, it, it'll speak to you. But if you're not, then, yeah, why would you play it? Um, but yeah, the first one was very good. All right, so moving along. This is one that I think I'd like to hear Sean's uh, thoughts on this, but who knows how he's going to feel about this one. Um, the PC version of Destiny is coming to Blizzard's – well, it's not really Battle.net anymore, but that's what we're going to call it for the sake of you understanding what I'm talking about. So – Eric Hirschberg, the CEO of Activision, and Mike Mo Morhaim, president of Blizzard Entertainment, announced during a live stream that Destiny 2 will be available exclusively via Battle.net on Windows PC, saying, quote, we thought it would be a great opportunity to bring the Destiny community and the Blizzard community together. Um, that's from Morhaim. So uh, in an official news post, Blizzard went on to reveal more details about its partnership with Bungie, saying, quote, being on Battle.net will allow Destiny 2 to plug into our existing global network, freeing up the developers at Bungie to focus their energy and resources on making the best and most fun game they possibly can. This also means Destiny 2 players will have access to our online social functionality, including chat with friends, the ability to see which of their friends are online in Destiny 2 or in other Blizzard games, and the ability to stream gameplay directly to Facebook. The addition of Destiny 2 to Battle... Uh, this is not from the quote... Um, the, addition, the addition of Destiny 2 to Battle.net does not necessarily mean that Blizzard is opening up its platform to other third-party games, though. Um, they said, quote, our focus in, in terms of supporting non-Blizzard games is solely around Destiny 2. Um, but what this does mean is that uh, Battle.net users will be able to use Blizzard Balance, um, which is the um, like Blizzard currency that you can get from like World of Warcraft. Um, to like You can use it to be spent on time in World of Warcraft. Or like Overwatch loot boxes. And you can actually use that to purchase Destiny. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so, you know, Sean could ostensibly like earn enough like, you know, of this currency to buy Destiny 2 just from playing WoW. That's what he wanted to do. Um, and then uh, it's also worth pointing out that while Destiny will be released on PS4 and Xbox One on September 8th, the PC version does not yet have a confirmed release date. But all the initial impressions that have come out about it from the games press have been overwhelmingly positive about the early builds of the game. Um, and Bungie has uh, said that they're really dedicated to taking their time on this and making sure that PC players aren't burned by this port. So um, lots to unpack there, but uh, it's pretty interesting news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone that I know who plays 
wow was very excited about this um i bought destiny i played it for about 20 minutes and then i turned it off and never played it again um <laughs> so i i don't i don't care about this really uh but what's interesting to me there's a couple things one is that blizzard has been kind of flip-floppy regarding the battle.net name uh sometimes i i read press releases where they use it and other times they don't so i'm not sure what's actually happening there seems like they may be going back on their desire to not use battle.net anymore which is weird uh it's weird that they even don't want to use it because battle.net is synonymous with online blizzard games yeah since the inception i don't really get that uh but then the other thing is that like you said you can buy destiny 2 with um basically with in-game currency and so what happened after this announcement is that wow tokens increased in price uh, they, they they skyrocketed the price skyrocketed mm. you can use those to buy uh things in, in in wow but also in other blizzard games so the idea is that people are raising the prices because people are going to want to buy destiny 2 through this currency uh so it's kind of had an interesting impact on the market in warcraft uh <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. It's, it's yeah, it's funny how that works. But uh, yeah, again, I'm I'm excited for people who are excited about this. I think this is really cool, even though it's not for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I I didn't really play Destiny. I don't have any plans to play Destiny two. But just as like a student of the industry, this is just such a weird thing. Like this is so unprecedented. You know, there's never been a non Blizzard game on Battle.net, and it's going to be interesting to see how these two communities collide and what that's going to mean for Destiny 2 on PC. Yeah, I uh, I had a similar experience to Sean that I played maybe, I don't know, like an hour or something. I played the demo with Jared, and uh, fun st- uh, time over here. I was like, yeah, I'm like level 1, you're like level whatever, max, let's say it's 50. He's 50, and he's like, well, let's queue up, let's do some things. I'll, I'll get you some good gear, I'll help you out. I was like, alright, okay, let's, let's do this. Get into a fucking game. Uh, halfway through, he's like, I gotta go. You, you'll be fine. He leaves. I'm at the lowest level possible that I actually do zero damage to enemies at that point. So it says invulnerable when I hit them. I'm not even doing zero. It says oh, invulnerable. Shit. So I'm like, oh, that's good. That's a good experience. <laughs> so bailed. And then uh, for Christmas, he bought it for me. And I like loaded it back up into the PlayStation and played it. And I was like, well, this is a subpar Borderlands to me. So I'm not that happy. But I know I'm like sugarcoating like a lot of the game. It's just... I don't have the time or energy to get into something so massive for for a first-person shooter like that. I don't know. I'm not going to get Destiny 2, probably, but it's really cool to see Blizzard branching out, though. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, I remember back in the day when I played Diablo 2 and, like, Stones of Jordan were, like, the fucking currency of, like, everything. And if something happened, you could, yeah. like, even in a different game, people are like, oh, I'll trade you, like, 20 SOJs for this in, a you know, in Diablo. It's like... Yeah, we were talking about Warcraft, but okay. <laughs> you know, like, people would use Warcraft, as, or, sorry, Diablo 2 as, like, a side trading. It was weird, but it's interesting to hear that the markets still do that, you know? They're going to release uh, another game, and the sudden WoW tokens go, like, skyrocketing and shit. <laughs> Things never change. <laughs> yep. War. War. Oh, no. Nice, Pete. <laughs> War never changes. That was... That was that amazing. was uncanny. You should just get the Ron Perlman quote. Just get it and put it in a bumper right there. <laughs> That's how you know we spend too much time together. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, so now we're moving on to some Nintendo news. Um, so item number four: Nintendo Switch was the best-selling video game console system in April, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was the number one-selling game. 
So according to the NPD group, which is kind of the group that tracks all video game sales in the United States, the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling video game hardware in the month of April with more than 280,000 units sold. And this is the second month in a row that Nintendo Switch has been the lead um, in hardware sales. And um, and then Mario Kart uh, uh, Deluxe 8, or... <laughs> 8 Deluxe, excuse me, uh, was the top-selling video game in April with more than 460 physical units sold. And then with digital sales added, that total is up to over 550,000 units. You know what the impressive part about that is? The game came out on April 28th. Right. <laughs> so, right, that's when you when you point out the fact that it only had two days to sell in a month <laughs> where it was a charting game uh, is in fucking sane. <laughs> God damn. Good job, Nintendo. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Because um, the reporting date for April actually cuts off on um, the 29th, too. So that only counts the 28th and April 29th in terms of wow. sales. Damn. <laughs> oh. So yeah, this game's on fucking fire. It's a damn good game. It's like, it's the big title right now for a console that won't stop selling. So I think this is great news. I'm happy to see Nintendo winning. I think Nintendo is a company that most gamers who don't just outright hate them... Uh, will always root for, and I'm one of those people. I always want to see Nintendo succeed, and I'm really glad to see that they're turning the corner with this one. Uh, I still won't buy it anytime soon, but I'm I'm really happy that they're doing so well. And I, I got to see it at Pete's house, and I didn't play it, but it, it was cool. <laughs> Next time you come over, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sink some time into it. I don't know, man. I don't really. Uh, I don't really like to experience things like a new console in someone else's home because I can't, you know, like I can't dive in in my own time. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. I don't really like to have but fun, been... Sean Barber. <laughs> uh, dude, when I went to sleep, you should have played the Switch. Like when everyone was asleep, you could have just turned it on. Like Marco would have passed out. Uh, Pete, excuse me, but I was trying to work. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, he already stayed up long enough. He's already kind of sick. He thinks playing more Switch shit would have helped. <laughs> he wouldn't be here today. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm just super happy about this. You know, like, I, I'm really glad to see the Switch doing well. I'm really in love with the console. To Sean's point, like, I definitely have a very, like, I have a relationship with Nintendo that spawns my whole life. You know, like, the Game Boy was my first console. Like, I deeply love so many of their IP. So, yeah, like, Nintendo's always going to have a special place in my heart. But I haven't cared about a nintendo console since the gamecube you know like the wii like i remember i was so excited to get the wii and then it became a smash machine and then it collected dust and the wii u was exactly the same thing you know like it had great games but all i really used it for was super smash brothers and one or two other first party games that i played on it and then that was kind of it whereas in the month little over a month i've had the switch i feel like i've gotten close to as much use out of it that i did in the, like the first year or so of using the wii u cool. you know yeah. uh yeah like you never picked up the wii u it was it was a few months after it was out when i went over to your house one time and i was like hey is that a wii u you're like yeah i've had it for like three months it's like oh cool what do you do on it and you're like i don't know i don't really do anything on it but you can you can fiddle with the tablet here it's like okay and it's like here you <laughs> want to play balloon fight yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> play balloon fight. that was yeah, that was about That's as much it. Wii U time as I had, I think, for the entirety of it. Oh, we did some retro games when we had Slag and Slash, too. Yeah we, yeah, we played a lot of Smash. You know, like, we we did Let's Plays on it sometimes, yeah. but, like, yeah, it's, like, it's just, it's not a good console. It was there. Wii wasn't a good console. Like, 
they existed and they were gatekeepers from good software. Mm-hmm. So, like, you got them. But, like, I love the Switch. Like, the Switch is great. It's a really high-quality unit. It's enjoyable to play. Like, the Joy-Cons are something that I thought was going to be dumb and gimmicky, but are actually fucking awesome. Um, and, like, I'm loving it. You know, I'm loving all the time I'm spending with it. So, the fact that it's resonating with people and it's, like, finding a market and seems to be doing successful is, like, just, you know, it's great news. Good job, Nintendo. Um, so speaking of uh, Nintendo's big IPs, anyone interested in wanting to try out ARMS uh, for free later this month will be able to get in on the first global test punch, which is, uh, you know, if you're not a Splatoon fan, that's kind of like gl- borrowing from the um, Splatoon naming convention for when they do these little betas. They're like, they do such, they're so weird, these little like global, it's like, hey, for like a few hours on these two days, you can play Splatoon. Check it out. It's like, all right, I guess. But, um, so again, if you want to do this, uh, it's going to be open on North America, uh, if on Friday, May 26th, um, and then it's going to be the rest of the world will be opening up on May 27th and will continue until May 28th. So you'll have three days, uh, it's Memorial Day weekend if you're stateside, so, um, you'll probably be off from school or work or whatever, at least one of those days, you'll have a chance to jump in and try out ARMS for free. Uh, you'll be able to download it directly to your, uh, your Nintendo Switch and, um, you know, jump right into it. And then there's going to be another beta the following weekend, uh, beginning in North America on Friday, June 2nd, and wrapping on Sunday, June 4th. Um, the specific time events are all on the ARMS website. Um, you know, I, if I read them to you right now, you're not going to remember. So just go, the link's in the description below. Go click through, write them down, set an alarm if you're interested in checking them out, because they are like windows. You know, it's not like all day or all weekend. So um, keep an eye out for that. You're going to have to plan around it if you want to do that. That's so fucking dumb. It's so dumb the way they handle that it. Yep. I don't get it's it. Just bonkers. Like, you, I can't imagine like what executive sitting there. He's like, "Hey guys, let's make everyone play this game." Oh wait a minute, what time zone works for you? How about five to you know nine? Just because it feels good. Like, like they arbitrarily pick times. Like, I don't know. The download time. Can you like download before it's accessible? Because like that will cut into your play time. I think you can, yeah. Because um, I downloaded the Gl- Splatoon 2 Global Test Fire oh, after we, it. We ended. did download it, I remember. We were there, yeah. and it's like, oh, wait, this is already over. Oh, thanks. They didn't take it down. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you should be able to download it in advance and uh, and then, you know, just jump in when it starts. I played in the original Splatoon's Test Fires and everything, and um, they were admittedly pretty good. Like, there wasn't any latency issues. Like, it was, you actually got to play a decent amount. I got to play you know, four or five rounds of Splatoon. It's whatever, you I guess. You can play four or five rounds, but look at, like, Titanfall and, like, Battlefield 1. It's like, I played that for a week, you know? And it's like, I got a real feel. Or Overwatch. Yeah, or, um, yeah, even Overwatch, jeez. Which that beta, like, set the world on fire and actually got everyone interested Blizzard's in it. Blizzard's notorious for, like, doing things like that where, you know, hey, like, if this is popular, let's let's give them some time, you know? And they, they know that they're not, you know they're not going to make crap, so it's like, it's, it's... It would be, like, unheard of for Blizzard to be like, here's a new game, it's a new IP, it's a first-person shooter, we've never done that, and you can't play the demos. You know, it's like... Or you can play the demo for three hours yeah, on that Sunday. that would be stupid, you know? <laughs> it's like, and they're not stupid, so... It's it's a weird marketing thing to just chunk the time out like that. Yeah, I'm not... I'm, I, don't, I don't quite understand it, but there must be some reason. You know, Nintendo's not particularly online savvy. Yeah. Yeah. And them moving towards these more, like, multiplayer, online multiplayer-focused games and stuff are just, like... It's not their comfort zone, and they're not very good at it, you know? So, like, I think this, these kind of hiccups are to be expected to some degree, but it's like, I don't know who thinks this is a good idea. 
Oh well. Um, it was actually Miyamoto. He came in and was <laughs> like, "Don't you dare! <laughs> I want to do a shitty online beta that nobody's really into at all." Don't you dare insult Miyamoto that legend. just came in and it's like, "Yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna open the arms beta for just like a whole week," and he's like, well, "What if we did it for like from two a.m. to three a.m. on on Saturday night?" You're always thinking outside the box. Brilliant. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> Another A+. plus. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the whole ARMS concept was him. Like, it's weird enough. Yeah. Maybe. I could see that. Um, but anyway, you know, if you're interested in checking out ARMS for yourself, mark these dates down on your calendar. Uh, May 25th to May 27th. Or 26. No, May 26th to May 28th. And um, June 2nd to June 4th. And then uh, ARMS is out on June 16th. So. If you're a normal person with no interest in ARMS, we understand that too. <laughs> if you don't have a switch like me and sean and andy then yeah we also all understand so pete andy i have a switch. switch oh you switch i didn't know that yeah sure yeah. well good. Oh, so it's only two out of us now yeah there you go it's only half of us that don't care <laughs> i mean i still don't care about just arms. wait just wait i can't wait dude i hope arms comes out and is like like game of the year like is like the best game you've ever played and Andy's like, it's my favorite game. It's the Jupiter Ascending uh, of fighting games. It's not going to be that because you just named it that already. So it, it, it can't <laughs> succeed in any way. You've doomed it to failure. <laughs> hey, man. Was Jupiter Jones doomed to failure when they named her Queen of Earth or something? No. Oh, my God. Pete, please change the subject. <laughs> was Kane Wise doomed to failure when uh, they gave him a gun with a dog mixed into the sound effects? It barks when they shoot the gun. <laughs> it pains me. All right, so item number six on the list is Sega is planning revival of several major IPs as well as some new ones. Uh, so in its Road to 2020 business presentation for the fiscal year, which just recently ended in March 31st, 2017, Sega detailed some of their upcoming plans on how they plan to basically uh, bring themselves back from the brink. Um, so pulling from this little, like, um, the, the article comes from Gamatsu.com. I'll have the link down below. You go check it out if you want to see it for yourself. I'm going to read off to you um, the, the, like, slides that they, that they pulled these from. So uh, Packaged Games Field. So example titles include Total War Warhammer, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, Football Manager 2017, and Persona 5. So Sega's plans in this area are to expand existing IPs, obtain new IPs for North American and, Europe, uh, and European PC games. Thought that was interesting. Uh, build revenue based by being entrusted with outsourced development, challenge for new IPs, revival of major IPs, and effective utilization of development engines. And then in the digital games field, uh, where they listed examples like Puyo Puyo Quest, uh, Puyo Puyo Quest, excuse me, uh, Hortensa Saga, Chain Chronicle 3, and Fantasy Star Online 2, they said that their goals are to create titles that will become global hits, establish digital marketing business, expand overseas publishing business, maintain profits through long-term operation of existing titles, and develop next-generation titles. So a lot to unpack here. Um... But what do we what do we think here? Any of this sticking out to you guys? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, Total War Warhammer it was a blast, and it was like just for both the fact that it's a Total War game and a Warhammer game that wasn't shitty. Uh, Total War games are always pretty good, but this this really just brought it to a new level. And Total War Warhammer Two is on its way and looks already phenomenal. So yeah, hey, if they want to put more money and shit into those kinds of games, that's great. You know, Persona Five is pretty fun from what I've seen and. That was on the list too. I think you mentioned a few other ones I remember, but I don't, I don't know. There was a lot of games there. 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that they were behind Total War. Well, Creative actually. Assembly is, but Sega kind of publishes yeah. it. Um and every, it's it's like a, a sore point for a lot of Creative Assembly fans and Total War fans. I'm I have come around a little bit cuz they like to like when Sega took over, they like to uh really push the DLC out and like the day one DLC in particular was a big thing. Yeah. Like um for example, Total War Warhammer, uh if you pre-ordered the game, you got the Chaos Warriors race pack, which Okay, I can understand you want to add another race uh, for, like, a free thing, even if it's a day one DLC. But if you understand the Warhammer world at all, these are the main antagonists. And having having that through a paywall was just, like, vile. So Wrong. Yeah, no, yeah. it was bad. Like, And they, uh, they changed their stance on it after enough flack hit them. So uh, I don't think Sega's one to really give a shit much about that, because they seem to just, you know, DLC, like, all the games that they own now, if they can. Um, but at least for, uh, the Total War series, at least that had some kind of reprieve. Like, the, the further DLCs that came out were really, really well done and worth the price. And, uh, barring that little hiccup in the beginning, at least it seemed to be pretty okay. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it really seems like Sega's trying to clean up their act. Yeah, no, like, general, they are doing better. You know? Yeah. I, I, These last couple of years, definitely. like, we've definitely seen them eat some crow and, like, being like, we realize we've been fucking up and we're going to try harder, you know? And also we gave all our money to Atlas. <laughs> I mean, it worked out for him. Persona 5 is like the first game that, I mean, like all Atlas games are great, but this is like the first Sega game that's been like a big deal in who knows how long. True. I, uh, I, I would rather that they stop all of this. And just make a good Sonic game. Well, good Sonic luck. Sonic Forces! <laughs> Sonic Boom! Um, Sonic and the Dark Knight. I'm gonna say, man, I'm gonna say, um, what is it? The Sonic, um, not Forces, the other one, the the pixely one that's coming out. Oh, Sonic Mania? Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania looks really good. Like, I'm, I'm really excited for that game. I don't know, dude. They put out games that looked good. Uh, through trailers and such, and then when you get the game in your hands, it's just awful. I I have no faith at all in Sega anymore. It's just gone, evaporated. Oh, I mean, like that's totally like you shouldn't have faith in Sega. You know, like they're they're they've they honestly like Sega was never a good company. Like you know, they were always second fiddle. They ended up making a splash in the '90s because of marketing. You know, and like they had really effective marketing. And the Sonic games, the original uh, trilogy of Sonic games are solid, but they're not great. They're not, like, the best of the generation. They're not, they're, they're, they don't compete with Mario on a technical or presentational level, like, really. Like, they're, they're, they're fun, but they're not, like, it, Sega has always had, like, kind of a conflated amount of importance in the industry, I think. And, like, them trying to do this... I don't think it's impossible, right? Like, they're still a name. They obviously still have money. They can still bank on Atlas and, uh, I guess, the Total War series and stuff like that to bring in money. Creative Assembly's pretty big. Yeah, right. Like, they make a lot of RTSs that are successful. And then the Sonic stuff, it's been shit, but people keep buying it. So, like, that's what's keeping them afloat. <laughs> I feel so bad for Sonic fans. I really do. Like, I... Dude, I yeah, they're like the most long-suffering group of people. Yeah, I swear, dude, they're they're like a, an obscure religious group persecuted in a foreign land. You know, it's like they <laughs> they are not wanted. They they like no one looks upon them and says like, man, I'm gonna go do that. You know, it's like everyone else just sits there and kind of just feels bad. In fact, we don't know what to do with them. They're just kind of there, and and we just feel bad. 
Yeah, dude. Uh, it's definitely tough out there for a Sonic fan. But again, like, I have to say, like, Sonic Mania looks good. All of the, like, gameplay impressions and stuff that I've seen of it, not trailers. Like, people actually playing the game and being like, this actually feels pretty good. So, I'm, in- I'm interested in that at the very least. But yeah, I think, like, what's interesting here is the idea of, like, the, again, like, the revival of, of major IPs, right? Is, like, how many major Sega IP are there that are dormant that people are, like, really clamoring for a revival for echo the dolphin echo the dolphin mercs on the genesis which was fucking amazing so maybe we'll get that it's not or vector man maybe oh <laughs> boy i forgot about that holy crap what like ser- but that's Ms. a good question vector though. man <laughs> what uh what sega ips like do you not see right now that you can think of off the top of your head knights is the only other is one that the nine it's like 99 on the front of the package or something 99 nights whatever no uh nights is the one where it's like it's like this like purple like, like the purple I, bat right i didn't play it she's like a purple oh, like oh, arabian okay. yeah. princess looking bat lady kind of thing yeah like, i didn't play that see it's like they, I don't, they have stuff like they have you know like they, we listed <laughs> off these games like the fantasy star you know like oh, football fun. manager like they they have these oh, ip yeah. that people yakuza you know like these are IP that, like, some people care about. I just, I don't know if it's enough, you know? Like, so the idea of, like, them doing that, but then also, like they said, trying to do, develop new IP or obtain new IP or... It's a nice, it's a shotgun strategy for sure, you know? They just spread out as much as they can, and, and if something sticks, it'll stick. I mean, maybe they're just saying, like, hey, we want to revive the old IPs, and, like, if someone gave them positive, you know, reactions to that, like, oh, shit, I've been really waiting for, you know, this, it's like, they'll go for that, you know? That's the kind of thing that I think is a little concerning, though. It's like, it does seem like they're trying to do a lot here, yeah. and, like, I don't know if that's going to be effective. No, it's, it's like not. To Sean, it's like, to Sean's point, maybe they should just focus on, like, getting one good game made. No, it's not going to be effective internally. because they're not a Blizzard Activision conglomerate, or they're not an entire country's worth of, you know, money that they, they need to, like, stick to what they can afford. And I know, like, I know the partnership with Creative Assembly has given them a real good amount of money, but, um... I mean, like, that that partnership and then their, like, relationship with Atlas are really probably the only things, like, that have kept them afloat. You know, and, the, and then the value of Sonic as an IP. Well, I mean, they own yeah, it. They own it, right? Yeah, they own Atlas. Yeah, yeah. They're a, they're a second-party studio. Or, no, I guess it's first-party if they bought them. Okay. They have an exclusive relationship. You can't, them. like, run a business on, like two games you know what i mean like or, or like two series even you know like oh atlas is games. At least not a big one you know like that might be enough for a small publisher yeah, but not exactly. for the kind of company that sega's not what trying, they're to, trying to do right sega announces they're bringing back their most major ip the dreamcast 2 announced at e3 this year uh <laughs> that might be actually interesting if there ever was another yeah, that sega be, console i'd be interested in that that would blow my fucking mind if Sega was like, we're making another console. I'd be like, why? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, the Switch hat, you know, so we're going to just jump in too. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so I don't know, man. I the, the one thing that I think is cool about this is like, the business meeting was called, or the presentation was called The Road to 2020. So like, they're obviously not like, this is what we're doing in the next year. It's like, these are our plans over the next several years. Two and a half years, yeah. They got time. I don't know, man. I know they have some new leadership there. Like, maybe Sega can come back. It'd be interesting because I think, despite the fact that, like, I stand by my assertion that Sega's never really been what we have, like, what we think of them, people obviously, like, care about Sega to some degree. You know, like, there's, I think, like, 
there's some history there that means something to, to a, a significant number of gamers. So it would be cool to see them be able to like kind of rise from the ashes and actually like be a decent fucking publisher again. Yeah. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait with bated breath. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> hold my breath on that one. Alright, last item on the list is uh, Sonic Forces, which is the upcoming 3D Sonic game. Uh, all your creepy fan Sonic OCs can finally become canon. So the next 3D Sonic game uh, is going to be allowing the hardcore Sonic DeviantArt community to finally see their original Sonic characters alongside both modern Sonic and classic Sonic. Uh, players are going to be able to choose from seven different kinds of animals, including wolves, rabbits, cats, dogs, bears, birds, and of course hedgehogs. Uh, and then each one has a unique ability, a, a, a unique ability set, and will that will factor into um, like how they play. And then they're also going to be um, featured in like the storyline, and will appear in cutscenes, and I guess presumably have dialogue and stuff. Um, so I like this is just fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> I, like I have to say, like as soon as I saw this, I was just like, so they're just really leaning into that, huh? Like we're just gonna, yeah, you know, people that really like Sonic. They also really like to jerk off to Sonic, so <laughs> let's just let's let them put their OCs in there, you know. <laughs> I, okay, I, I I need to I need to jump in and say that I like Sonic and I don't. Do that. <laughs> uh, I also like Sonic and don't do that, but I don't think we're hardcore Sonic fans. There is a fine so. line. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 this is like something that like I always crack up about whenever I hear about like Sonic with the the. OC uh, original hedgehogs and all that crap, and um, I'm glad that's finally got a forum for them to, you know, express their interests. Uh, I don't judge, but <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, no, like no judgment. I know, I know, I'm making fun of those people. No, I make fun of them like, too. Don't get me wrong. It's just because it's funny. Like, I'm sorry. It's really like, funny. No, it's hilarious. Have you ever seen that one game, like My Friend Sonic, <laughs> where it's like supposed to be almost like a VR experience? You sit on the couch and like Sonic's next to you, like your or my roommate Sonic is what it's called. I think. What the actual fuck? That's disturbing. Yeah, no, it's it's really disturbing, especially because it involves some really interesting touching in with Sonic. What? Yeah, it's a game about you know Sonic and you being a roommate and great times. Dude, and touching? There's, there's a lot of Sonic porn on the internet. Like real talk. Like if you just Google Sonic, don't. like it will be on the first page. Yeah, like don't. you don't even have to look for it hard. Like I'm not out there on DeviantArt fucking looking for Sonic porn, but I've, it's come across my eyes a lot. My Twitter feed from... consistently has someone bombarding it, and I always like unfollow people, <laughs> and like somebody else eventually drops one, and I'm like, God damn it! You know, it's like this shit's just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> actually fun fact um actually two fun facts thompson has a lot of furry followers on twitter and for like no good reason they like they me. just love him look at his i mean look at his hair he's a handsome boy i get it i don't but... know what it is <laughs> <laughs> i have no problem with furries but they seem to like me uh i consistently get like 20 or 30 at a batch like that just follow me all at once and i'm like oh, okay cool <laughs> all 20 or 30 of them are me every time <laughs> just like a persistent years-long trolling of thompson Andy just creates new personas just so he can follow oh, you. Personas. Ugh, if I you Google that was a word. Andy the Hedgehog, I drew all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a website that has uh, you can put your name in and it fills it out with the Hedgehog and someone's made? <laughs> no. All right. Well, I actually I was gonna say we're about to wrap up real quick here, and my meat and potatoes was I wanted to play the blank the Hedgehog game, and all of us pick the worst one we can find so we can throw it in the description below. So let's do that and wrap, and we'll call it an episode. All right. <laughs> For those of you at home who don't know, there's a kind of a popular uh, internet game that you can play where you just go to Google and you type in your name, The Hedgehog, and 1,000% you will find someone's original Sonic character, 
Uh, you got to find the one that you most closely identify with and then post it in the comments below and we will feature our favorite ones next week. <laughs> God. Or you can send them in via email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. That's thecomicspals at gmail.com. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> that, that resignation in your voice was beautiful. <laughs> Just what are we oh, doing? Oh, this is a rhetorical question? or Yeah. <laughs> you said, oh, okay. All right, so so uh, yeah, we're we're gonna list all all of our picks down in the uh, <laughs> the description below. That's gonna wrap it up for episode four of the video game pals. Uh, if you guys like this video and you're on YouTube, you can like it, share it with a friend, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're an audio listener on iTunes or SoundCloud, we would greatly appreciate it if you like the video or the audio, whatever, and uh, leave us a five-star rating over on iTunes where we already are a five-star rated podcast, something of which we are very proud. Uh, so if you think we're worthy of that five-star rating, please go drop us one. If not, we appreciate constructive criticism, so lobby it. Uh, if you want to hear your thoughts read on the air, you want to send in a random question of the week, uh, any of that kind of stuff, you can send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at The Comics Pals. Send us your comments and questions there. We will do our best to get to them as quickly as possible uh, and read them on the air. So, you know, send them in. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And then uh, if you want to connect with any of us on social media, our, uh, our Twitter handles will be listed in the bio below. Go uh, check them out, and we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Video Game Pals. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Have fun.